0: Um, Good morning. morning. Whatever. Um, (laughs) Like Pastor Pete said, he was away this week. Pastor Randy's on vacation, so I got stuck um, with giving the message this week. And to be honest with you, this is not a really good time for me. Just some difficult things going on, but whatever. Um, So we're, we're actually... Pastor Randy started this series early June, then we had the baptism, so we're picking back up in this series, and the series is called God-Given Game-Changing Gifts. And um, so last week, um, we dealt with the topics of um, significance, is that on there? I forget. We kind of dealt, well, I'll get to that in a second, but uh, so this week, the, the topic is this, um, enthusiasm. <laughs> Whatever. Do you ever have one of those days or weeks or months or seasons when it just, everything just feels like that, whatever, (laughs) whatever, you know? Well, hopefully this message is going to help all of us kind of make a shift. It's going to help us change from whatever to whatever, whatever. That's the goal of today's message. So in the first three messages of this series, Pastor Randy unpacked for us these three really important, I think, critical gifts that the Lord Jesus wants to give us. He talked about significance, he talked about security, and he talked about satisfaction. These three things, these are core needs for every human being on this planet. So to me, it seemed kind of odd, it seemed like this weird shift to go from significant security, satisfaction, these core needs, to enthusiasm. It, it just seemed like an odd shift for me. I mean, really, when you think about it, how often do you think about enthusiasm? You know, how, is it even on your radar? Enthusiasm isn't a core need that we have as human beings. Or is it? Or is it? So let's start there. Let's start with the why question. Why do we need it? This thing called enthusiasm. Why is it important for us to talk about enthusiasm today? Maybe it's simply because God's word says, we're supposed to be enthusiastic. I mean, I I pulled out just a couple of the verses from God's word, the apostle Paul speaking in his letters. And and very clearly, we're supposed to be enthusiastic people. It, It says, work hard and serve the Lord. How? Enthusiastically. It says, be his special people who are enthusiastic about doing good things. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Whatever you do, all of life, whatever you do, you better do it enthusiastically for the Lord. It's like God is saying, You go do my work, and you do my will, and you better be enthusiastic about it. Or like my mom would say, you're going to eat those peas, and you're going to like them, (laughs) right? I mean, it almost sounds like enthusiasm is something that God is demanding from us, doesn't it? But maybe, just maybe, something else is going on here. I mean, think about it. The name of this series is God-Given Game-Changing Gifts. That doesn't sound like a series about things that God is demanding from us, doesn't it? Rather, it sounds more like some things that, that a loving and good God wants to give to us. A gift is something you give to someone. It's some, some things that he wants for us. So perhaps, maybe it's just the case that there's a better why when it comes to this thing of enthusiasm? So I got a question for us this morning. This is a really hard question, Are you ready for it? The question is this, would you like your life to be easier and more enjoyable? Now I know you probably have to really think about that. It's a tough question, right? Well I'm suggesting today that the key that unlocks the door to an easier life and a more enjoyable life is enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. I mean, think about this. Think about your life. It is not uncommon for human beings, me and you, to kind of go through life experiencing any number of these conditions on a regular basis. You know, we kind of get up in the morning and we face the day and, and we face it with a sense of dread and drudgery. Life just feels hard every day. Or for some, it, it's, there's this heaviness and a sadness and a sorrow that we experience. And life is hard every day because of it. And then for some, there's just sort of like a boredom and an apathy, I don't care. I mean, I don't have any real purpose in this life. What's life really about? And So we just go through the motions, but we're bored, we're apathetic. And then for some, it's kind of like a low-grade irritation. You know, there's like this low-grade anger just below the surface all the time. So basically, we're going through life with a whatever, whatever. Can you identify with any of these as being a fairly steady state for you? And if so, just imagine this now. Just imagine that suddenly, whatever it is that you're kind of experiencing on a regular basis, that that attitude, that feeling, that emotion is suddenly replaced with Enthusiasm. I mean, just imagine that that heaviness and that sorrow that 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 it's gone and now enthusiasm is in its place. Just imagine that you know the boredom or the apathy or the low-grade anger that is just suddenly replaced with this sense of enthusiasm. What would life be like then? Would your life not be a whole lot easier just from that switch, that shift? Would it not be more enjoyable to be you and to live life every day? It's because enthusiasm is a game changer. It's a life changer. So let's talk about this thing, enthusiasm, and seek to understand it better. I mean, what exactly is this experience we call enthusiasm? You see, I think we tend to kind of get it confused with something else, we confuse it with excitement but they're very different, enthusiasm and excitement. Excitement is just a feeling that's based on outer circumstances. You know, I'm excited about my vacation plans, something that's going to happen or something has happened and It creates feelings of excitement. But enthusiasm, it's something a little different. It's an inner condition, it's a steady state that's independent of our circumstances of what's going on out here. We can even be in the midst of some really difficult circumstances and at the same time experience a sense of enthusiasm at the same time. So let's let's get a better understanding of this word and let's look back at the original Greek word. You see, enthusiasm, it's actually based on two Greek words, en and theos, with theos being the Greek word that means God. So enthusiasm literally means, in its root concept, full of God. It's about a state of being, this internal condition that results from this authentic connection with God and with his truth, with what is true. The Bible will actually use other words. The original Greek word is sometimes translated as zeal or fervor or eager and wholeheartedness. Now I think the reason that that enthusiasm is a core need we have, it's because it enables us to do this to live the life of God, to experience the life of God. You see, when you and I live according to the way we've been designed by a very good and loving creator, when we live according to that design, we actually experience this thing scripture calls the life of God. The Apostle Paul speaks of it this way. He actually is going to tell followers, talk about followers, or or people who are separated from this kind of life of God. He says, no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Now, for us, we kind of go, Gentiles, what's a Gentile? Well, if you look at other translations, it's translated like this, people who do not believe in God, that's a Gentile. But I love this translation, stupid, godless people. (laughs) I just read that, and I was like, I got to share that. That's hilarious. (laughs) So don't, no longer live as the stupid godless people. So let's go on what he says then. No longer live as the stupid godless people. They are what? They're darkened in their understanding, and they are separated from what? The life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. What's this ignorance due to? A hardening of their hearts. They don't want to know. They don't want it. So you see, we experience this life of God when we see and experience life the way that God does. As we begin to think the way God thinks, as we begin to feel the way God feels, as we care about the things that God himself cares about, we're experiencing the life of God. It's all about, about living like God lives and loving like God loves. That's the life of God and that's the way we've been designed to live. This life of God that we desperately need, this inner experience, it it, it desperately needs for us to have this inner experience called enthusiasm. Because enthusiasm, it's a game changer. It won't change our circumstances, but it will change us inwardly. It will enable us to have this whole new approach to life no matter what our circumstances are. There's a a really great lead pastor of a really great local church right here in Frederick and last week when he was talking to me through this message and stuff, he said this. Enthusiasm overcomes even life's harshest discouragements and pain energizing us and enabling us to endure to the very end. I don't know about you, but I want that. I I desperately need that. Do you? You see, enthusiasm is a game changer, and it's a core need for every human being if we are going to, if we want to, experience the life of God that we are designed to live. So the big question we have then was, well, how do we get it? You know, how do we get this amazing, game-changing, life-changing enthusiasm? Well, I think the Old Testament prophet Isaiah gives us a pretty big hint. He says, those who trust in the Lord will find what new strength? He says, they're gonna soar high on wings like eagles, they're gonna run and not grow weary, they will walk and not faint. Isaiah is describing, he never uses the word, but he is describing what life is like when we possess this gift of enthusiasm. Even through life's most difficult times, we have a kind of strength that enables us to endure. Never giving up and never giving in. It enables us to persevere in living the life of God. So again, how do we get this kind of energy, this, this divine strength, this enthusiasm? why well, Isaiah's made it pretty clear, right? Would he say, "Who's it for? Those who trust in the Lord. Enthusiasm is rooted in trust. Enthusiasm is rooted in trust. Without trust, there is no authentic enthusiasm. It cannot exist apart from trust. Now, I think we tend to think of trust as something that's a uniquely Christian concept. You know, it's what you do once you become a Christian. It's how you become a Christian. But the reality is, is is at the center of every human being's life is this issue of trust. It's not a religious or a spiritual concept, it's a human reality. All people, all people are making decisions and living their lives based on who or what they're trusting in. I mean, even one who claims to be an atheist believing that there is no God, they are living based on a trust in themselves and their own ideas. And I'd say that that's how the majority of people living their lives today go about it, trusting in themselves. They've got their own ideas based on what they think will make them happy and that's what they're putting their trust in. But Isaiah didn't say that those who trust in themselves will find new strength no matter how hard they might try. No, he said the ones finding this new strength, this enthusiasm for life are the ones who do what? They trust in the Lord. He's talking about the Lord God, our creator. The one who created the universe, the one who created you and me. The one who breathed, gave us the breath in our lungs. He gave us life because he loves us and then he gave up his own life on a cross to demonstrate the depth of his love, to demonstrate the sacrificial nature of his love. He's the one who I put my trust in and it's him, it's in him and my trust in him that is the basis for every decision I make and how to ch- I choose to live my life every day, the life that he's given to me. How about you? How about you? At the center of every human being's life is this issue of trust. Everything you do in life emanates from your trust in something or someone, so what are you trusting in? What are you putting your trust in? It is the most important question any of us will ever answer in this life. So let's unpack this connection then between trust and enthusiasm, okay? We said that enthusiasm is rooted in trust, so how does trust bring about Enthusiasm. How does this work? Well, first, I think it begins with us understanding more specifically what it actually means when we say we're trusting in the Lord. I mean, I think sometimes we can use that in a general way, just even a cliche of trusting in the Lord, but what are we talking about? How exactly? What are we exactly trusting in? And I think there's three very big, specific things about the Lord that we need to put our trust in. And the first part of our trust is this. It's the trust in his character. You see, it's saying that I believe that this God who created the universe, this almighty, all-powerful, all-wise creator is also good. He is good. he is loving he is generous he is kind he is patient he is merciful he's forgiving he is just and he's fair he's full of grace he's full of truth he is the safest being in the entire universe his power is always governed by his sacrificial love he is good the psalmist says it this way he says there's no one like you among the gods Little g, no one like you. Again, none who would have such power but it'd always be harnessed through sacrificial love. And the psalmist says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For what reason? To gaze on the beauty of the Lord. How could I not choose to trust one so beautiful, one who is so safe? It's his character. It's his character, it's what he likes that makes him so trustworthy. My trust begins with a trust in his character, who he is and what he's like. The second part of my trust is this, it's in his ways. You see, you might want to call them commands in the Bible, laws. Uh, his will, whatever you call it, it's all about the Lord God, our loving creator, communicating to us how it is that he designed us to live. They're they're all, all the laws, all the good commands, it's all for our good. He's saying that this is how I designed you when I created you to live your life. And this is how I've designed society to function for the safety and for the good and for the joy of all people in it. So God's saying, when I say, don't do this, stop doing that, it's for your good. It's because I wanna protect you from something that's bad and harmful to you. And when, when I say, do this, learn to do that, it's for your good. It's so that you can grow and you can develop and you can reach your fullest potential. It'll bless you and it'll bless others and I want so much to bless you, the Lord says. Look at these verses again, Psalm. The law of the Lord, it's what? It's perfect, it's perfect. What's it do? It gives new strength. The commands of the Lord are trustworthy. And then from Deuteronomy, be careful to obey all my commands. Why, because we're gonna get in trouble if we don't? No, he says, so that it will go well with you. It's for your good, it's out of love. I want to either protect you from harm or bless you with something good. Because I trust in the character of God that he is all good and he is all loving, then I completely trust his ways. I I believe that there is no better way to live than within the boundaries of his will and his ways for life. Because he's the one who created. He created all of life and therefore he knows how he designed it to function. So I trust his ways. The third part of trust is this it's his promise. It's his promise for the future that's to come, his eternal plan for humanity and for the whole universe. You know, so often I hear people say, well, you know, I can't trust a God who allows all this evil in the world. And that is a good question. You know, why would a good God allow so much evil? So if you want a thorough answer to that question, I'm gonna encourage you to do this, to go to our YouTube channel, go search on our channel for a message that Pastor Randy did. It was a series called Faith It Just Makes Sense and the series was on suffering and evil and he's gonna unpack in that message very thoroughly an answer to that question. But for our purposes today, I'm gonna give the simple and concise answer that Pastor Randy always gives. He's allowing evil for a little while so that he can abolish it forever. And that's the promise. That's the promise that we have to hang on to in this life. Evil does not win. Evil will one day be completely abolished. One day all those who trust in the Lord will live in a place that is utterly safe, it's incredibly beautiful, and it's in perfect and complete harmony. Scripture says that it's going to be a place where he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Every tear we've ever cried over the pain and the heartache in this life, he's going to personally and intimately wipe it away and lovingly. And then he promises there's going to be no more death or mourning, no more crying, no more pain, because the old order of things have passed away. And he says, I'm making everything new in the future, the eternal kingdom to come, And he says, write these words down to John. He says, because these words are trustworthy and they're true. They are my promise. They are my promise, the Lord says. Pain, sickness, sorrow, heartache, death, evil of any kind, all of these are going to be non-existent. Until then, until then, life on this planet, it's a developmental journey. And it's preparing us for the eternal life to come. So we need, to, we need enthusiasm to endure and persevere. Pastor Randy has often shared with us what he calls God's big plan. Here's God's eternal plan. His eternal plan is the development of a family of Christ-like beings, united in loving devotion to Christ, our creator, and also to one another. This is God's eternal plan and it's his promise to all who put their trust in him. You know what this means for us? It means that all of our best days are ahead of us. They're not behind us. We've not lived our best days far, far from it. Our best days are all ahead of of us. The Lord Jesus is saying you can count on this. I know this world can be a painful place, it can be a scary place to live right now, but you just hold on, hold on, because I promise you that something amazingly wonderful and beyond your wildest dreams is just around the corner. Just around the corner. I promise you the best is yet to come, I promise. That's what it means to trust in the Lord. It's saying I trust in God's beautiful character. I trust in his good ways, in his will, and I trust in God's eternal plan and his incredible promise. But here's the thing. It's got to be personal. It's got to be personal. Proverbs says it this way, trust in the Lord, how? With all your heart. With all your heart. It's not about just knowing things up here. It's about a knowing, an experiential knowing here with all my heart. You see, I don't just believe that God's character is good. I know He's good. I personally know it, I've experienced His goodness. I personally know all about His love, I know about His kindness, His goodness. I know all about his mercy, and his forgiveness, and his grace. All my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been so, so good to me. I know it. And I've personally experienced the benefits of his good ways. See, I know the pain of turning away from him, and doing life my own way. I know that pain and that heartache and I've known the great joy of living life aligned with the way the creator lovingly designed me to live. So I want to obey him in every way. All that he says reveals to me in his word. I I want to obey, it's not a burden, I want to. And I personally, I long for the eternal kingdom to come that God promises. Most days I live with an awareness that this world and all of its sorrow and all of its sin and its it's evil, this is not home. This is not my home. I'm the citizen, I'm a citizen of another realm, another kingdom to come, the heavenly realm. That's my promised real home that I'm waiting for. So, trusting in the Lord with all our heart, when it's with all our heart, it produces an enthusiasm to live the life of God, and in enthusiasm to tell others about it, too, to tell others about him, how good and loving he is, to, to tell others about his good ways, his will, his design for us, to tell others about his beautiful and wonderful kingdom to come for all those who put their trust in him, his promise. Enthusiasm. So now, with that in mind, it kind of makes sense, Right? To those of us who we trust the Lord with all our heart, this makes sense. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. How else would we do it? Be his special people who are enthusiastic about doing good things. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically for the Lord because you trust him with all your heart. How could we do it, do it any other way? God is too wonderful His ways are too good. His eternal plan is too important not to be enthusiastic. This. This is what the life of God is all about. So do you want that? Do you want that? Do you want to live this life of God, the life that he wants for for us, the the life that, that we've all been created for? Do we want it? Because if not, then we really have no need for this thing called enthusiasm. There's no, there's no purpose for it. So that was a really long answer to the question, how do we get it? Simple answer, enthusiasm is rooted in trust. But here's another really important question when it comes to enthusiasm. Not just how do we get it, but how do we keep it? How do we maintain it? Enthusiasm is a gift from God in order to carry out his will and his work to to live the life of God. But but the thing is, it's not a once and done kind of thing. The reality is, the truth is, enthusiasm leaks. Sometimes it's just with, with time, doing the same thing over and over. Enthusiasm leaks. Sometimes it's when the hard stuff hits in life, and we're trying to manage it and deal with it, and the enthusiasm leaks. In chapter 5 of his letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul said this He said, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What do we say enthusiasm means? Full of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Greek word used here, though, it sounds like, again, a one and done kind of thing, but that's not it at all. It doesn't mean a one time, once for all experience the word can actually be translated keep on being filled. So in other words, Paul is saying that we need to keep on being continually replenished with the Holy Spirit, keep on being replenished with enthusiasm. So how do we keep on being replenished with enthusiasm? Well, what I wanna do is quickly just kinda look at four practices of the Christian faith, four very basic core practices of the Christian faith, but I want us to look at them in a whole new way this morning. You see, from this day forward, I hope that we will see these practices as enthusiasm replenishers. Enthusiasm replenishers. Enthusiasm replenisher number one is this, meeting God in His Word. You see, if our trust is based on God's character, if it's based on his ways, if it's based on his promises, then how do we know what these are? Do we just make them up? How do we know what he's like? How do we know what he wants us to do? How do we know what his eternal plan involves? Our creator has lovingly given us the gift of a written revelation of himself, the truth about himself and the truth about life so we can learn about him and his ways, but even more so, we can meet with him in a very personal and intimate way through these scriptures. James says it this way, the brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, he says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Well, well, uh, there's a promise then. God says, you come close to me, I'll come close to you, but how do we do that? How do you come close to an invisible God? What 2 Timothy tells us about God's word, all scripture is God breathed. You see the scriptures, the Bible, God's word, it's this means by which we can draw close to him today. It's how we meet and encounter our God and our creator. The scriptures are this doorway that we walk through to meet with him personally, to discover how he thinks and how he feels. Pastor Randy has also said that we will only have as much of the spirit of God in us as we have the word of God in us, no more. So it's from this experience of just meeting with God daily through his word that enthusiasm is replenished every single day, it's replenished in us. But there's more to meeting God in his word and it's replenisher number two. It's living out God's will. You see, as we meet with God in His word, He teaches us His will. He shows us, He explains to us His will, how it is that we've been designed to live. And that's why that verse from 2 Timothy goes on to say this. He says, all scriptures God breathed, and it is valuable, therefore, because it's the very breath of God speaking to us, therefore, it's valuable for teaching the truth. Boy, we desperately need that in our world today. What is truth? So he's he's gonna teach us the truth through this. Convict of sin. A lot of people don't like that these days. Oh, we shouldn't be convicting people. Well, God's gonna do the convicting. Not us, God. His word does that for us. And it's to show us. It's to show us and teach us so that we can correct faults and we can be trained in right living. You see, God's word, it's, it's so beautiful. It holds up this mirror for us to see ourselves as we really are. Not as we think we are, because we, we tend to think more highly of ourselves than actually we should, you know. We always put the best construction on ourselves, you know. But here's the mirror. It says, no, take a, take a real honest look at yourself. And it's not to condemn us, but it's to help us. It's to help us grow and change, to help us experience the life of God. And that's why James says it this way. He says, we need to be doers of the word, not hearers only. We don't just read, we don't just listen. We do the word of God, put the word into action. If you think hearing is what matters most, you are going to find you have been deceived and we're deceiving ourselves. Be a doer of the word. You see, every time we say yes to God's will and way, we stop doing what he says not to do because it's destructive and then we start doing the things that he says to do because they're for our good every time we do that whether it's big or small our enthusiasm is replenished it's replenished replenisher number three is this engage in God's work we are made in the image of God our creator the Lord Jesus Christ and scripture tells us Christ himself said he came to serve He was the greatest servant to ever walk this planet. And we are designed like him, made in his image. So we are designed to be those who serve others in all of life. But in particular, we're designed to serve within our church the church that we call our home. First Peter says this, he says, each of you, you've been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts. For what purpose? To be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. God's design for his church is that every person, every person who calls that church their home, they would serve in some capacity. So God wants you engage in his work here at FCF Church if this is your church home. We have all kinds of teams, tons of opportunities for that. But it's not gonna take something from you some, some perceive it as it's going to take my time and it's going to take my energy and it's going to take from me and it's going to be more difficult. No, it doesn't take something from you. This experience will give something to you, it will bless you and it will give you greater and greater amounts of enthusiasm. You, you just ask servants like Alona Mills, who's been serving in our children's ministry for about 25 years now, and she has done it through some of the most <laughs> difficult experiences in life hardships in life and she's there and she's like there's no place else I'd rather be I need to be here she will say and she will tell you that this doesn't take something from her it doesn't deplete her but every single Sunday as she's back there with those kindergarten and first graders it fills her more and more and more she can't give enough for all that she's being filled back up with that enthusiasm it's a beautiful thing and there's so many more people I thought of alone as I was preparing this, but man, we have so many people. The list could go on and on, being filled up, enthusiasm replenisher through serving. Lastly is this one. Embrace the call of God to be his witness. Embrace the call of God to be his witness. Second Corinthians says this about us. It says, we're Christ's ambassadors If we're followers of Christ, we're his ambassadors, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. God says we're his representatives on this planet. And each one of us, we are his representatives in our circle of influence. Our family, our friends, the place we work, our neighborhoods, our, our sports teams, and on and on. We are his representatives there. And it is through our conversations and our interactions with people that he is making and wants to make an appeal to them through us to come back to him, to trust in him with all their heart. Every time you and I step out, whether we're stepping out with boldness or we're doing it with you know, knees, trembling fear, a lot of fear, Every time we step out and we have a conversation with someone, where we share Christ and his love and his truth and our story about that. Every time we extend an invitation to come and experience God's love and his truth through a Sunday service experience, every time we do that, our enthusiasm, it doesn't deplete us, folks, it energizes us. We get filled up with enthusiasm, that spiritual energy once again, we are replenished these four basic practices of the the Christian faith, these are the secret to keeping our enthusiasm replenished. And that's because these are all part of the enthusiasm cycle. Have you heard about the enthusiasm cycle? That's because I made it up. Um, And it's totally based on my own personal experience, but I think it sums up this whole message pretty well. So I hope this is helpful for you. Let's take a look. We said enthusiasm, it's rooted in trust, it all starts here. And let's get specific about trust in what? In God's character, trust in God's ways, trust in God's promise. When we trust the Lord with all our heart, when it's not just here, it's in here, this spiritual energy wells up inside of us and it produces this thing called enthusiasm enthusiasm, full of God, fullness of God. And God gives us this experience so that we can do the things now in this life that we're designed to do, that he wants for us, living the life of God. So this enthusiasm causes us to carry out God's will and his work. We live out his word. We obey his word. It gives us the energy to do that, engaging in his work, serving, and then embracing his call to witness. We are those who go and we talk to others about Christ, we speak the truth, we invite, infest and invite. But here's the fascinating thing, like we said, we, we could see these things and see that they'll, they'll take from us, they'll pull energy from us, you know, they will we'll eventually get depleted, but no, that's not what happens. As we involve ourselves here, we get replenished, we actually get more enthusiasm than we already had. It's an amazing paradox it's awesome. And, and what it is is that we do these things and we're seeing the benefit. We see the good. We see, we experience the joy that comes out of doing God's will and following his ways. And, and we see as we serve others how it benefits them. And we're like, wow, God, you blow me away. And that's what produces this enthusiasm. And as we're so overwhelmed by his blessings and his goodness and, and the, the, his faithfulness, this enthusiasm then What's it do? Deepens our trust. Man, God, I thought I trusted you, but whoa, my trust, is it's just gone deeper in you. You're beautiful. Your ways are amazing. Your promise, wow. And then what happens? We just keep going. It produces more enthusiasm to continue doing the will and work of God, and that brings about more enthusiasm, and it deepens our trust. That's the enthusiasm cycle that I've experienced in my life. How about you? How about you? I know many of you as well. This describes you in your life as well. And it's this enthusiasm cycle that that makes us able to do this, experience the life of God. That's where it all comes from, our trust and our enthusiasm. It's the life He wants each one of us to live because it's the life that we've been created to live. So we just got one final question, one final question. How do you want to leave here today? How do you personally want to leave here today? Do you want to leave here continuing to live life like whatever, or do you want to leave today with a whatever, whatever, Lord, whatever, yeah whatever whatever we do we're gonna do it enthusiastically for the Lord let's just do something fun will you shout whatever with me okay not a whatever but a one two three yes yes that's awesome I gotta clap for you people that that's amazing I hope that's the heart desire of every person here today that your trust in the Lord will deepen and you will leave here with an enthusiastic whatever Whatever, Lord, whatever I do, I'm gonna do it for you enthusiastically.